Hey listeners, welcome to UPSC Happy Hour with me, your host Archana. This episode is all about the core of the constitution. From here, we are going to begin the core of the Indian constitution. Till now, you understood how the constitution has evolved, how it has been prepared. Also, what are those salient features of Indian constitution and also you understood what is preamble and its importance. From here, you'll learn about the core topics of Indian constitution. As part of that, we'll begin from article 1 to 4, which is under part 1. For your information or for the beginners, you need to know that Indian constitution comprises 395 articles divided into 22 parts with 12 schedules. However, there were various amendments being done. As of now, we do had around 100 amendments done to the constitution we need to know and we have to connect all those amendments to the existing articles for better understanding of the constitution right so let's begin the topic today in this episode we will learn about what is article 1 to 4 before explaining in brief or in detail about the articles i would like to first let you know what are articles 1 to 4 and then we will discuss about it so article 1 to 4 which is under part 1 is all about India and its territory. So these 4 articles describes us what is India, what all comprises India, okay, what can be part of India, what are not part of India and how the Indian Union is evolved. What is it? Is it a federation of union or it is a union of states? This is what you will understand under this article 1 to 4 that is India and its territory which is under part 1. Now you have four articles under this part 1 right uh, so what are those four is article 1 which mentions about name and territory of un- union article number 2 describes about admission or establishment of new states in India article 3 formation of new states and alterations of areas boundaries or names on existing states article 4 you know laws made under article 2 and 3 to provide for the amendment of first and fourth schedules and consequential matters these are the four articles article 1 to 4 under part 1 I will discuss about each and every article in detail separately so you need not worry about it you can choose article 1 you can choose article 2 whatever article you want to listen you can choose it now let me explain you in a very crispy manner article 1 when I stated a name and territory of union means it will describe what is the name of India what are the alternative names of India and how the territory of union is formed is discussed under article 1 article 2 admission or establishment of new states means how uh, I mean uh, not how uh, establishment means a st- uh, formation of new states in India, creating of new states in India. Article 3 talks about the process. You know, please understand Article 3 talks about the process of creating new states, altering the boundaries, changing the names of existing states, how you will do. That process is mentioned under Article 3. And Article 4, you know, speaks about whatever is being done according to Article 2 and 3. Obviously, they will do the necessary changes in the constitution wherever it is needed, including the first and fourth schedules. Now, some of you might get it out. What do you mean by these schedules? 
See, schedules are a separate part of the constitution that ki whatever information cannot be, you know, mentioned within the article, it would be explained or it would be mentioned in detail in the schedule. For example, try to recollect the books you studied in your school time. See, when we have gone through the textbooks, on the top of some words, you will see some numbers like 1, 2, 3 and all. Right? Now, for to know about 1, when you go back and check notes and references 1, you'll find about the information of that word which is being highlighted as 1. Separately in detail, right? Likewise in constitution also, not everything is mentioned under the articles itself. You don't have a sufficient space or they they made it separate in detail. If they want to give explanation about a word in detail, they didn't mention at the article. Instead, they described about it another at other part of the constitution. That other part of the constitution is nothing but schedules. Likewise, we have 12 schedules in India, in Indian constitution. So, whenever you go for creation or changing or altering the names of the states, etc., automatically, subsequently, it would be changed even in the Schedule 1 and Schedule 4. I'll explain you separately what is Schedule 1 and Schedule 4 also. Okay. So, this is a brief about what is Article 1 to 4. In the next segment onwards, I will explain about each and every article in detail. Stay tuned. Keep listening to UPSC Happier. Signing off. Jai Hey listeners, welcome to UPSC Happy Hour with me, your host Archana. In this segment, we will learn about Article 1 in detail. Now, what is Article 1? Article 1 defines India. It has defined India, that is Bharat, as a union of states rather than federation of states. Means, this Article 1 actually speaks about two things. You will understand two things from the statement. One is, what is the name of the country? And second thing is, how the country is formed. Right? Now, in the Constituent Assembly, our constitutional framers, they didn't have any, uh, you know, unanimous decision in naming the country. Some people, they suggested it to be like Bharat, the traditional name, and some of them, they called it to be border name India. So what they did is, that's the reason in the constitution, the constitutional assembly has mentioned it as India, that is Bharat. I mean, they had a win-win situation, right? And second thing is, in article 1, it is also mentioned that India, that is Bharat, a union of states. What do you mean by this union of states? See, in United States, or when United States was formed, it was mentioned in USA constitution that it is a federation of states. Even now when you ask what is USA, they'll say it is a federation of states. Right? And also, it means it means that federation of states means there was an agreement among different states and those states have come together as a single entity that is nothing but federation of states. Okay, and also 
uh, we have preferred union of states because we want to tell that though we don't have any agreement among the states all the states in india are united and also our states once they are part of this union they cannot you know get away or they don't have right to cede from the federation in the senses like united states we don't have any agreement when indian independence was announced and when the mount barton when mount barton the lord mount barton has announced that india can be divided either people uh, i mean india can be divided into two domains that is pakistan or india and when lord mount barton has given the british india and independent uh, the you know princely states the choice either to form indian union or pakistan domain or stay independent many princely states preferred to stay with india however there are some kingdoms or some kings like you know uh, nizams and all they preferred not to stay with india they were their choice first choice was always you know pakistan with the efforts of sardar vallabhbhai patel we were able to unite india into that map what we are seeing today into that geographical uh, you know terrain what we are seeing today right so the objective here is we are not talking as federation of states india is not a federation of states because when the princely states have decided to join with an indian union they didn't sign any agreement there was no such agreement first point second point is even though there was no such agreement still the states cannot you know uh, cede from the federation or from the group they have to remain the same this federation is indestructible which federation our federation indian federation that is india union of states is indestructible so since it is indestructible since the states have no right to cede and since there was no such agreement among the states like american federation in the constitution we preferred bharat as a union of states rather than federation of states i hope you understood so according to article 1 india can be classified into three categories one is territories of the states union territories and territories that may be acquired by the government of india at any time right and please understand when you look for article 1 in the original constitution you'll not find out the names of the states and union territories and their geography in article 1 you won't find it out there it is mentioned separately in the constitution itself under schedule 1 or first schedule right so please understand the name of the states the name of the union territories their territorial extent is not mentioned under article 1 in detail it is mentioned in detail under schedule 1 so whenever a new state comes in or a new state is formed or a name is changed 
it has to do the necessary changes at schedule 1 okay so this schedule 1 not only mentions about the names of current states and union territories it also even mentions provisions related to special provisions related to states like maharashtra gujarat nagaland you know andhra pradesh karnataka goa telangana etc right and within the states some of the states do have you know scheduled areas and tribal areas population more then they should be administered separately right so the administration of this scheduled areas and tribal areas present within the states are mentioned separately under 5th and 6th schedule very important so by now you had three schedules we we we, we spoke about three schedules right first schedule is about the name of the states and you know union territories which are part of indian union schedule 5 and schedule 6 are something which has separate provisions regarding administration of scheduled areas and tribal areas within the states right and please understand territory of india is something beyond union of india okay territory of india includes not only states it also includes union territories and also those territories which we which government of india can acquire at any point of time right so the definition of india is beautifully explained under article 1 now the question is like do we have the same number of states earlier and now no 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 the states have evolved in later times please understand when we got independence before independence the territories within india are different after independence the territories within india are different so the evolution of states and union territories is uh, is how like how indian constitution has evolved even the states and union territories have evolved with time which we need to understand at the time of independence you know time of independence again i repeat india has two categories of political units see i'm not saying states i'm saying about as political units means india is divided into two groups for administrative convenience one is british provisions provisions which are under the direct rule of the british government and the princely states which are under the rule of native princes but subject to the condition they are under the control of british crown only so whatever the category ultimately you will have britishers over our head but the only thing is under british india it is a direct rule of the british government whereas you know some kingdoms where the princely states are there yeah the princes will rule the kings will rule but under the crown of british only now we all knew that the indian independence act 1947 has created two separate domains and independent domains they are indian and pakistan indian pakistan and we all knew that uh, you know the indian independence act has given three options to the princely states 
that is either they can be part of india joining india joining pakistan or remaining independent by the time we got independence we had around 552 princely states in india within the geographical location of india 549 of them joined india and three major you know princely states bad junagar and kashmir they refused to join india they don't want to be part of india they were they don't want to be part of india and they didn't express their thought also to you know they didn't express their idea of joining pakistan also they were not you know directive they are not directive to join pakistan but they didn't want to join india however you know in some time and with integration you know and by police action under the leadership of sardar vallabhai patel hyderabad was joined part of india by means of police action and junagadh by means of referendum and kashmir by the instrument of accession became part of india again i repeat the three princely states hyderabad junagadh and kashmir they became part of india by three different strategies one strategy is by using police action hyderabad became part of india junagadh by means of referendum and kashmir by instrument of succession so in 1950 after this you know different strategies adopted the constitution of india contained four classifications the constitution indian constitution has classified india into four parts for better understanding they are nothing but part a part b part c and part d territories and all the you know territories all the princely states they were all numbered 21 okay they were 21 these 21 though i say 552 princely states were there they were carved out into 29 parts and these 29 parts were made to fit in this part a part b and part c and part d now what is this part a part a contains states nine states part a has nine states where governor provinces of british india are under this part a part b has nine states which are nothing but princely states with legislatures and part c contains states which were earlier you know uh, chief commissioner provinces of british india and some of erstwhile princes and under part c we have around 10 members you mean part c contains those states which are centrally administered by the british government and part d has only one territory or one area that is nothing but you know andaman nicobar islands so you need to understand for better understanding you can refer the indian map at the time of independence and indian map after independence you will see there is a you know rearrangement of states rearrangement of areas i should say rather than states or rearrangement of political units i should say so the political units which we find at the time of independence were classified into four groups part a part b part c and part d 
this part a part b part c and part d with the time has evolved into the so called states we have today and the union did this as well it didn't happen so easily it was a very huge uh, you know process for india understand we just got independence and everywhere people were demanding about a separate rule they don't want to be under anyone's control they want to rule themselves uh, you know the the british administration you know this drove many of the people across you know the the length and width of india and they want to stay independent at the same time some of them they want to be in part of india huge confusion you know demands protests were there throughout i i sometimes feel like rather than the happiness of getting freedom if you see many areas people were more of like you know in a hurry though we got independence they were still in you know uh, pressure to have a separate entity i mean in this process you will come across so many selfish people who want to who want to use their uh, who want to use the situation for their benefit so that they can become the cms or pms whatever it is they wanted to do so imagine you got independence you should be happy but we are in a hurry we want to you know uh, you know uh, carve the states everywhere they were fightings protests rights everywhere the whole station was under chaos despite this chaos and despite this disturbances still government of india after getting independence they tried to you know categorize these political units into simple simple states so that they will reflect the phrase or they would add to the phrase union of states to do this political arrangement or this political units arrangement government has appointed many commissions for various suggestions the prominent commissions which actually suggested or which classified this 552 princely states into into this four categories and from four categories to uh, the states and union territories we have is dar commission jvp committee fazal ali commission you know arc administrative reforms commission likewise we have many commissions which we need to discuss in detail right so please understand it didn't happen like that it it took so much of time for us to appoint a commission recommendations what they are saying whether they are suitable for india or not if not we need to look out for other opinion likewise so many commissions are there which actually suggested how the political units to be carved in india right so in the next segment i will discuss about this commissions right from dhar commission till the administrative reforms commission which will you know help you out in understanding how these 552 princely states were categorized into four part a part b part c part d and this part a part b part c and part d how they have become the states and union territories we have today like is 28 states and nine union territories we have today 
how they transformed or how they evolved you will understand once you understand these commissions and their recommendations so stay tuned keep listening to upsc happy hour with me your host signing off jayam Hey listeners welcome to UPSC happy hour with me your host Archana in this segment we will learn about the evolution of states in india based on the commissions and committees recommendations in the previous segment we understood that when we got independence uh, india was divided into four political units that is part a part b part c and part d now in this segment we will understand how this uh, you know four segments turned or four parts turned into one political unit as what we see in today's map right so let's begin the episode so first of all we would need to understand uh, uh, you know what was the challenges in uh, having uh, you know linguistic state see though jawarlal nehru has uh, uh, promised the indians that once freedom uh, is you know arrived they will form the states based on language but they thought but they uh, you know found it out very practically impossible they found it out it is impossible practically and uh, they were against this decision of you know integrating the states on basis of language because at the time of independence many issues were there and along with these issues an additional issue should not pop up that's where i guess probably they didn't want to divide the state in on basis of language however since they cannot openly state that they have appointed the government of india at the time of independence 1948 and all they have appointed some commissions and committees to give their views and opinions about division of states in india or integration or evolution of states on basis of language one such commission is you have dhar commission and the other one is we have jvp committee as well this uh, to the dar commission and jvp committee they need to look out for the integration of this princely states on ad hoc arrangement that to based on the language now this demand of states based on language is a demand from many parts but particularly south india has demanded for reorganization of states on linguistic basis so based on this demand in june 1948 the government of india appointed the linguistic province commission under the chairmanship of sk dhar to examine the feasibility of this however this commission submitted its report in december 1948 and recommended that the reorganization of states on the basis of administrative convenience rather than the linguistic factor so they have stated that you can reorganize the states but not based on the language but based on based on administrative convenience if you remember this looks very similar to lord curzon division of uh, bengal into east bengal and west bengal though his intention was clearly to divide and rule hindu and muslims uh, he stated that he want to divide you know west bengal and east bengal based on administrative convenience the same line was even repeated by the dhar commission this kind of a statement you know has created much resentment and led to the appointment of another linguistic provinces committee by the same congress party in december 1948 immediately 
you know after the submission of the ar commission report immediately they appointed another committee a fresh committee which is nothing but much uh, nothing but called as jvp committee jvp committee is nothing but jawarlal nehru vallabhai patel and patabi sitarame committee and this committee the jvp committee also submitted its report in april 1949 surprisingly it has rejected you know language as a basis for reorganization of states now you understand how it is the same nehru who told who promised that he would be okay he would be ready to divide the states on based on based on language the same nehru who is a member of this jvp committee formally rejected language as a basis for reorganization of states so because of his rejection and all the whole territory in india in 1950 was uh, you know divided as part a part b part c and part d where part a do have around 9 um you know nine nine units or nine political units part b have around nine political units part c also 10 units and part d is one unit that is andaman nicobar islands and uh, you know uh, the in uh, this was uh, it has taken some time in october you know from 1950 to 1953 there was no much participation of the government or much interest by the government in uh, you know reorganizing the states on basis of language and so in october 1953 the government of india was forced to create the first linguistic state known as andhra state because the telugu speaking areas under madras province demanded for madras state because the telugu people are being you know degraded or not being given jobs in madras state now see madras state is not just only the tamil speaking areas madras state even comprises uh, uh, up to today's visakhapatnam uh, and all they were under you know the madras state and uh, in, in the whole state uh, mostly in, especially in the government sectors tamilians were given top priority for the jobs rather than the telugu people and so the telugu people felt they were being uh, you know biased and so they have demanded for second you know for a separate state and a person known as potti sriramulu from nellore he had undergone 56 days hunger strike and demanded for the government to create a telugu state called as andhra state and that's how in 1953 you know uh, based on this forced demand or the hunger strike the government has to create an andhra state with the telugu speaking areas being separated from madras state right so 1953 we do have andhra state in india but not andhra pradesh all the students all the aspirants kindly make a note that we don't have andhra pradesh in 1953 we just have only andhra state which has been separated from madras state again because of uh, biased uh, biased uh, uh, you know biased behavior towards or biased opportunities towards andhras and uh, madrasis right and the third important committee which actually also was appointed by the government to support this kind of uh, linguistic states or i should say to recarve or to rearrange the reorganize the states is fazal ali commission and the creation of andhra state has further you know uh, before when this commission is been appointed by the time andhra state is been formed and this commission need to face the heat of such demands from all the other parts of the country and uh, you know the the government of india appointed this uh, commission in december 1953 a three membered uh, commission a three member commission under the chairmanship of fazal ali to reexamine the whole scenario whether states could be formed on basis of language or not and for your information the other two members of this committee are k m panankar 
Fanikar and uh, HN Hunzro in this particular Fazal Ali Commission has submitted its report in September 1995 and it has broadly accepted language as the basis of reorganization of states yes yes Fazal Ali Commission the outcome is language as basis of reorganization of the states is being recommended but it rejected the theory of one language one state right though they said language could be a criteria for division of state but he don't want only one state one language he don't want it it's view that uh, the unity will be uh, unity will be not there and they wanted to consider they wanted to uh, uh, you know put forth the point that the unity of india should be considered basically as a primary consideration redrawing any of the country's political units and so it has defined this particular committee has identified you know four major factors that could be taken into account while you know creating or while uh, going for reorganization of the states the first uh, you know factor is uh, preservation and strengthening and the unity and security of the country it means your objective should be looking after the unity and security of the country second one is linguistic and cultural homogeneity is also important for reorganizing the state and the third one is you have to look in the financial economic and administrative considerations as well along with the, the fourth point being planning and promotion for the welfare of the people in each state as well as the nation as a whole so if you want to divide you know the states please take this four points into consideration and then reorganize the states this is what is being stated by fazal ali commission and the, um, and uh, you know uh, the commission also you know has recommended to create 16 states and three centrally administered territories that is union territories uh, means please understand fazal ali commission is an yes to the uh, division of states based on language and uh, also it has recommended to create 16 states and three UTs you may get a doubt from where we have to create the 16 states and 3 UTs remember we do have part A part B part C and part D states from that part A part B part C and part D we have to rearrange and create 16 states and 3 union territories as per fazal ali commission recommendations which have been accepted by government of india and government of india with slight or minor modifications and by reorganization state reorganization act 1956 and 7th constitutional amendment act 1956 has created not 16 states but 14 states not three union territories but six union territories though the commission recommended for 16 states and three unities government of india has created 14 states and six union territories for a, for your understanding we want to read out the names for a quick review the states which have been which are the outcome of fazal ali commission is 14 states and 14 states are andhra pradesh assam bihar bombay jammu and kashmir kerala madhya pradesh madras mysore orissa punjab rajasthan uttar pradesh and west bengal and the six union territories which were created based on the outcome of you know fazal ali commission are andaman nicobar islands delhi himachal pradesh lakhadivi islands manipur and tripura so do we do have you know 14 states and 16 union territories six union territories been created on november 1st 1956 right and also the state reorganization act 1956 has established a new state of kerala by merging travancore and cochin with malabar district of madras state means madras is also having this malabar side as part of it even that malayalam speaking areas were merged into one single state and uh, kasargode of south kerala as well and it emerged that the telugu speaking areas of hyderabad state if you remember i read out 
Andhra Pradesh, not Andhra State. Out of those 14 states, I read it as Andhra Pradesh, not Andhra State. So you need to understand what happened between 1953 and 56 is, uh, you know, Andhra State, which was separated from Madras State, is alone. And uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, uh, we have Nizam of Hyderabad who was not ready to be part of Union of India, who was planning to be part of, uh, you know, Pakistan. He was... Uh, you know, made to be surrendered by uh, Lala Rajput, uh, sorry, by uh, Sardar Vallabhai Patel and uh, uh, by taking an operation, they made him to surrender to Union of India and the Telugu speaking areas of Telangana, again I repeat, Telugu speaking areas of Telangana, you may get a doubt like, is it Telangana, not Telugu? No, under Nizam government or under Nizam rule, Maharashtra, some parts of Maharashtra, some parts of Karnataka and Telugu speaking areas together were called as Nizam entity. So in this Nizam entity, the Telugu speaking areas were called as Hyderabad state and that Telugu speaking areas, Hyderabad state and Andhra state together merged into a new entity called as Andhra Pradesh. So please understand Andhra state is from Madras. Hyderabad state was Telugu speaking areas of Nizam government. These two were merged together into a single entity called as Andhra Pradesh by November 1st, 1956. Right? So the, the Telugu speaking areas of both these are created Andhra Pradesh further. And also we even have Madhya Pradesh, Madhya Bharat state, Vindhya Pradesh state and Bhopal state which was formed into Madhya Pradesh. And also we had Saurashtra state and Kutch state of, you know, Bombay and the Kurk state into that of Mysore, Patiala and East Punjab states into the Punjab state and Ajmer state into that of Rajasthan. Better understanding? Please keep a map while listening to this podcast. Please have uh, India map with you and try to follow the, uh, uh, the details. Then you will understand how which pl- uh, area got most into which state. Moreover, this uh, Fazlali Commission also created new union territory called as Lakadivi Islands from the territory which is being detached from Madras state. So understand how huge the Madras state was. So the so-called Lakshadweep islands we have were also under the Madras state and those islands were made a separate union territory. Now the story doesn't end over here with the union territories and the states being created on 1956. We do have new states and union territories even created after 1956 also, right? So what are those states that were, uh, you know, created means there was a continuous rearrangement of the states or reorganization of the states even after 1956. Now, what are those states that have been created as in 1960, the bilingual state of Bombay was divided into two separate states, Maharashtra for Marathi speaking and Gujarat for Gujarati speaking people. So Gujarat was established as 15th state of Indian Union, if you remember. Fazilali Commission recommendations outcome was creation of 14 states and 6 UTs and the 15th state that was created was Gujarat. Dadra Nagar Haveli which was a Portuguese uh, ruled area uh, you know it has undergone liberation in 1954 means uh, uh, Dadra Nagar Haveli was surrendered to India by the Portuguese in 1954 and the administration was still carried on until 1961 by an administrator chosen by the people themselves. And this Dadra and Nagar Haveli was converted into an union territory of India by 10th Constitutional Amendment Act 1961. So if you remember, this should be the 7th UT of India. Goa, Daman and DU. These are the three. Also, these are the other three territories which we acquired from Portuguese by means of police action, Operation Vijay, if I remember. Uh, by means of police action in 1961, 
they were constituted and these three were constituted as a union territory by 12th constitutional amendment act 1962 but please make a note over here that in 1987 goa has was given you know a statehood means it has been promoted as a state and so with this promotion daman and du alone became as a unity and goa has become a state in 1987 puducherry which comprises the form of french establishments in india puducherry kairikal mahi and yanam all these were handed over by french to territory of india in 1954 and subsequently this was administered as an acquired territory and please remember india means union of states union territories acquired territories as well so puducherry is one best example for such acquired territory and uh, all uh, till 1962 it was uh, and this was considered as an acquired territory in 62 when puducherry was in territory by 14th constitutional amendment act moving on the next is we have nagaland in 1962 nagaland state was formed by taking the naga hills and hyuan sang area out of assam and uh, this basically was done to you know pacify the movement done by nagas however before giving nagaland the state as a 16th state of indian union it was placed under the control of governor assam governor in 1961 it was under his control in 1961 so if you remember the 15th state is being gujarat and the 16th state being nagaland and also we have haryana chandigarh and himachal pradesh in 1966 the state of punjab was uh, bifurcated to create haryana and the 17th state of indian union and the union territory chandigarh so it's been uh, you know punjab is the entity we have out of this punjab haryana was created as 17th state and we also had a union territory chandigarh and this followed the demand for a separate sikh homeland punjabi subha which was raised by this akali dal under the leadership of master tara singh and on the recommendations of shah commission which was appointed in 1966 the punjab speaking areas were constituted into an unilingual state of punjab the hindi speaking areas were constituted into state of haryana and the hilly areas were merged into the himachal pradesh right and so they could not create the whole uh, punjab unity but uh, somehow they have adjusted and in 1960 in 1971 the union territory of himachal pradesh was also been promoted as a state a status of a state with this himachal pradesh has become the 18th state don't get confused you might have seen punjab as a state but remember punjab was already there in the 14 so you'll not con- punjab as a as a new state instead you have uh, haryana being the uh, 17th state so 14 states you know 15th is gujarat 16th is uh, what i forgot 16th is uh, uh, 16th is something and uh, 17th yes 17th we have haryana and 18th we have uh, uh, you know uh, 18th we have himachal pradesh right and also 16th is nagaland yes i forgot So fifteenth is Gujarat, sixteenth is Nagaland, seventeenth is Haryana, eighteenth is Himachal Pradesh, right? Manipur, Tripura, and Meghalaya, the other terrain region of you know northeast, was also carved and has undergone a major change in nineteen seventy-two because of this political issues. And so two union territories. Please remember, Manipur and Tripura initially were granted the 
యూనియన్ టెరిటరీ యూనో ద పొజిషన్ ఆఫ్ యూనియన్ టెరిటరీ అండ్ మేఘాలయా వాజ్ గివెన్ ద స్టేట్ హుడ్ అండ్ లేటర్ ద దేర్ ఆర్ అదర్ టూ యూనియన్ టెరిటరీస్ ఆఫ్ మిజోరాం అండ్ అరుణాచల్ ప్రదేశ్ ఆల్సో వర్ క్రియేటెడ్ సో ద ఇండియన్ యూనియన్ విత్ దిస్ ఆల్ క్రియేషన్స్ ఇండియన్ యూనియన్ స్టేట్స్ లిస్ట్ హ్యాస్ ఇంక్రీజ్ ట్వెంటీ ట్వంటీ వన్ బికాస్ మణిపూర్ బికేమ్ ద నైన్టీన్త్ స్టేట్ త్రిపురా బికేమ్ ద ట్వంటీఎత్ స్టేట్ మేఘాలయ బికేమ్ ద ట్వంటీ ఫస్ట్ స్టేట్ and initially the 22nd constitutional amendment act 1969 also created meghalaya as an autonomous state or a sub state within the state of assam with its own legislature so understand the story within assam we had meghalaya but later meghalaya will be carved into a separate state itself in the later times now the special one in the northeast comes into the picture now that is sikkim till 1947 this is very interesting and you have to know the story about it that sikkim was an indian princely state only ruled by a king called as king chogyal now in 1947 once the british paramountancy has lapsed sikkim became a protectorate of india means sikkim was under the protection of india whereas indian government has taken the responsibility of protecting sikkim only in the matters of defense external affairs and communications in 1974 sikkim expressed its uh, its uh, desire to be part of india if you remember we know that britishers has given a choice like either you can part be part of indian union or you can be part of pakistan union or you can be so sikkim stayed independent but under the protectorate of india in 1974 sikkim has decided to be part of uh, you know india and uh, with this desire 35th constitutional amendment act was enacted by the parliament and the amendment has introduced a new type of statehood under the constitution by giving the sikkim a new title called as associate state of indian union please remember it was not called as state of indian union instead it was called as associate state of indian union and for this purpose only uh, you know a new article called as article 2a and a new schedule called as 10th schedule was inserted inserted in the constitution only to make sure that sikkim is safe and sikkim is been uh, you know uh, given the desire uh, completed its desire of joining indian union right and this uh, however this associate associate state of indian union it's an experiment please understand and this experiment was not successful and it could not uh, you know uh, satisfy the people of sikkim and so they uh, referendum was conducted referendum is nothing but taking the public opinion you know directly and a referendum was conducted in uh, uh, 1975 in uh, sikkim and people voted uh, to end the institution of chogyal means they don't want chogyal to be the king anymore and they want sikkim to be a complete part of india they don't want sikkim to be a associate state they want uh, sikkim to be an integral part of india and with this uh, sikkim was given you know a full fledged state of indian union that is a 22nd state in the india and by and that also by an amendment called as 36th constitutional amendment act right so this 36th constitutional amendment act amended the first and fourth schedules of the constitution and has added new article 3371 capital f to provide special provisions for the administration of sikkim so once sikkim has been part of uh, you know indian union to make sure to give that uh, assurance that you are safe with india within india the indian constitution the indian government has come up with a separate province provisions for sikkim people that they will uh, their uh, their administration will be taken care and so please understand that the 36th constitutional amendment act has uh, 
you know uh, created a new article 371 capital f which provides special provisions for sikkim and not only that this 36 constitutional amendment act also repealed article 2a which was created for sikkim as an associate state that was also repealed and 10th schedule uh, uh, that were added by 35th amendment right so sikkim was a very very special case because its 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 evolution hasn't happened so easily its journey was started as a protectorate under india then as a you know associate state of indian union and then finally a complete state under india the next we have is mizoram arunachal pradesh and goa in 1987 you know three new states of mizoram and 14 uh, you know three new states of mizoram 14 arunachal pradesh 15 and uh, uh, sorry three new states that is mizoram arunachal pradesh and goa they were been formed as 23rd 24th and 25th states of indian union and the union territory of mizoram was has was been promoted as a complete state by signing a you know memorandum of settlement mos memorandum of settlement which is nothing but called as mizoram peace accord in 1986 this accord was signed between the central government and mizo national front they uh, signed this ending up the 20 or a two decade old insurgency or revolt for the protection of the mizo people and arunachal pradesh which was also initially been given a union territory was also been uh, was initially arunachal pradesh was initially a union territory from 1972 until 8, 1987 but in 1987 arunachal pradesh has been granted or been promoted as a state and goa we know that even goa initially was part of daman and dayu uh, goa daman and dayu they were together a territory but uh, goa has also been given a statehood in 1987 continuing daman and dayu as a union territory only right so till now we got to know that we had 25 states until 1987 in 2000 in 2000 the year 2000 three more new states of chatisgarh uttarakhand and jharkhand were created out of the territories of madhya pradesh uttar pradesh and bihar and these are three new states uh, were called as 26th state chatisgarh 27th state uttarakhand 28th state uh, you have uh, jharkhand remember chatisgarh was created from madhya pradesh uttarakhand is from uttar pradesh and uh, you know uh, jharkhand is from bihar and the latest one being you know in 2014 a new state of telangana was created from the erstwhile andhra pradesh state uh, you know uh, the state reorganization committee 2014 has bifurcated andhra pradesh into two separate states that is andhra pradesh and the telangana that is what we see the two new states in the map uh, you know with the uh, 29th and uh, 29th state we have 29 states until to the I mean uh, from 2018 to 2019 we had 29 states but in 2019 the government has uh, ended up article 370 of indian constitution and removed the special status given to uh, the jammu kashmir and uh, merged jammu kashmir as part of india please remember the jammu kashmir reorganization act 2019 has bifurcated jammu and kashmir into two separate union territories one is union territory of jammu kashmir and union territory of ladakh the union territory of jammu kashmir you know comprises all the districts of state of uh, you know jammu kashmir except kargil and leh which were been given separate union territory ladakh with this you know jammu kashmir which was a state was removed so we have 28 states 
as on today and union territories we have nine union territories so by today or uh, by this uh, uh, we have to understand as on today we have 28 29 because of telangana but again jammu kashmir was been removed so we have 28 states and nine union territories as on today right so this is what uh, the evolution of states happened in india and please remember it's not only uh, you know we can uh, create the new states and all we can even change the names of the states also and pray understand that the names of these states are also undergone so much of you know uh, uh, so much of changes right from 1950s itself right so initially united you know, for example united provinces was renamed as uh, uttar pradesh in 1950 madras state was renamed as tamil nadu in 1969 mysore was renamed as karnataka in 1973 lakhadivi minikoy and amnidivi islands were renamed as renamed as lakshadweep in 1973 and uh, union territory of delhi was uh, redesignated as national capital territory of delhi in 1992 and uh, in 2006 uttaranchal was renamed as uttarakhand puducherry was renamed sorry pondicherry was renamed as puducherry in 2006 and in 2011 orissa was renamed as orissa so it's not only the political units carved out even there were a changes in the names also well with time with process and with amendments in the constitution right hope you enjoyed please hope you understood all these points till now we have discussed only article 1 in the next segment we will discuss about article 2 article 3 and article 4 in detail until then stay tuned keep listening to upsc happy hour with me your host archana signing off jai hind Hey listeners, welcome to UPSC Happy Hour with me, your host Archana. In the previous segments, we understood about Article One and how it evolved in due course, and how the states or union territories have formed. We understood in the previous segment. We also understood that the evolution of states, which happened in phases. right from the independence time until today also we got to know that the names of the various states have also been changed also we learned about some you know political units been tagged as union territories and some political units been tagged as states and some of them are been you know promoted either way that is from you know state to ut or ut to state Now in this segment we will learn about article 2 and as well as article 3 What is article 2 Article 2 empowers the parliament to admit the states into the union of india Again I repeat article 2 is giving the power to the parliament to add new states into the existing indian union while adding parliament is having the power 
to you know use some terms and conditions whatever fits in for those admissions so as per article 2 parliament is having two powers the first power is admitting new states into union of india which refers to the admission of the states already existing and the second power is power to establish new states admitting is different establishing is different so uh, power 1 is talking about admission of new states into indian union and power 2 is talking about establishing new states the second power that is the power to establish new states refers about those states which are not in existence before matlab which were not there earlier now they need to add them you know new into the indian union that is what is the second power now you should get it out what is this admitting and all if you remember the definition of india under article 1 is india that is bharat a territory of states uts and acquired territories so india doesn't mean only states and uts sometimes india even includes acquired territories we all knew goa is one such example puducherry is one such example which we acquired right so how who is going to do that now as article 1 states what is india who is going to do that is pa- parliament is empowered to do that now the question is how parliament can do that or how parliament can you know use its power 1 or power 2 is mentioned under article 3 so article 3 on the other hand relates the formation or changes in the existing states of union of india in the sense is article 3 deals with inter adjustment or re adjustments of states within the existing india now as per article 3 parliament as i told you parliament is empowered to admit new states or establish new states now article 3 authorizes the same parliament to form a new state either by separation of territory from any state or by uniting two or more states or parts of states or by uniting any territory to a part of any state also parliament is empowered to increase the area of any state or decrease the area of any state it is also having the power to alter the borders of any state and also it can change the name of any state so as per article 3 the above changes can be done by parliament because it has been given powers to establish and to admit new states as per article 2 now also according to article 3 when we say parliament is authorized to do this it means the changes which are been done by which are been Uh, which need to be done must be introduced in the house with the prior recommendation of the president please please make a note that when you want to form a new state by separating an existing territory or increasing the area of a state or decreasing the area of a state or altering the borders of any state or altering the name of any state 
compulsory you have to introduce the bill with the prior permission of president or the prior recommendation of president once the bill is being recommended once president recommends the bill to the parliament president has to refer the same bill to that concerned state legislature for expressing their views within within a specific period along with this power of parliament is also to form new states including the power to form a new state or union territory by uniting as well so many people they think that formation of new states means only by separating no 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 there is no such thing constitution even talks about you know combining and existing states into a single state as well which never happened actually that's a different scenario till now we have separated only like uttarakhand jharkhand you know telangana these states are formed by separating them with the existing from the existing state or territory and when the president as i told you the president will refer the bill to the parliament as well as the state legislature please make a note that the president is not bound by the views of the state legislature in the sense is whether the state legislature accept or reject the proposal it doesn't affect the president president can either accept those you know views or those opinions given by state legislature or he can even reject them so it means that irrespective of the state legislature choice of or choice about the new state president is having the power to either go ahead or to reject means if state likes to get separated but president doesn't like president can go with rejection if state is not interested for separation still president can go ahead and separate so in the matter of you know reorganizing the states it can be either form please understand that the state opinion is not binding on the parliament in the sense is the parliament acting solely in deciding about or changing the fate of the states or uts right so again i say the president is not bound by the views of the state legislature and he may either accept or reject them even though he receives those views within that specified period and also it is not necessary to make fresh reference to the state legislature every time an amendment to the bill is moved and accepted in parliament and this scenario changes up in case of a union territory no reference is needed to be made to the concerned legislature to know its views and the parliament can itself take an action so if parliament is planning to either change the area or increase or decrease about union territory it need not ask the concerned state but when it is about a concerned state parliament is having the power to seek the reference of the state legislature which is again not binding on the president so it is clear that the constitution authorizes the parliament only the parliament 
to form new states or alter their areas without even their consent as well it means parliament can redraw the political map of india according to its will hence the territory integrity or continued existence of any state is not guaranteed by the constitution means the federal nature can be affected can be destroyed or can rather than saying destroyed can be altered by the union that's the reason india is rightly described as an indestructible union of destructible states means you can destroy the states but you cannot destroy the union so the union government can destroy the states whereas the state governments cannot destroy the union it's 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 a very strong unitary government we have constitution itself has borrowed that concept of having strong unitary though we have federal structure but still the union is dominant as given by the constitution now let's compare this scenario with united states in united states the integral or the territorial integrity or the existence of the state is guaranteed by the constitution means the american federal government cannot form new states or alter the border of the existing states without the consent of the states concerned so in usa the state's opinion is or state's voice is taken into consideration that is the reason in united states it is described as a federation where you have an indestructible union of indestructible states in india it is indestructible union of destructible states whereas in usa we have indestructible union of indestructible states right so what is article 2 and article 3 now i have a doubt does the power of parliament to diminish the areas of a state include also the power to cede indian territory to any foreign country yes this question has come before the supreme court many a times especially when president has made the reference in 1960 in 1960 the decision of the central government to cede part of a territory known as birubari union which was part of west bengal was given to pakistan which led to so much of political agitation and controversies and thereby necessitated by presidential reference in this particular scenario only in this with re, with regard to this berubari scenario the supreme court held that the power of the parliament to do diminish the area of a state does not cover cession of indian territory to a foreign country so article 3 is having a limitation where indian government is having the power to give states or take states within india not to any foreign country hence indian territory can be ceded to a foreign state only by amending the constitution under article 368 with which the parliament has come up ninth constitutional amendment act 
which was enacted to transfer the said Beruberi Union to the Pakistan. Right? And in 1969, the same Supreme Court ruled that the settlement of a boundary dispute between India and another country does not require a constitutional amendment. It can be done by executive action as it does not involve cession of Indian territory to a foreign country. So the point is very sensitive. Please understand if government of India want to cede a part of Indian territory to a foreign country, it must be done only by amending the constitution under Article 368 or else Article 3 is not giving uh, the power to the parliament to cede a territory of India to a foreign state. Whereas border issues can be you know, settled down with you know, executive action. In that case, we don't need any amendment which has been stated by Supreme Court. Kindly make a note that the Beruberi case would be recorded or would be played in another separate segment for your reference. Right? So with this, let's take a break of the segment. In the coming segment will understand, okay, what do you mean by the seeding or set, uh, settling down the border matters with the other countries, which we'll discuss about the latest 100th Constitutional Amendment Act 2015 where we have acquired certain territories from Bangladesh and also where we have transferred some territories to Bangladesh means we discuss about exchange of territories with Bangladesh separately in the next segment. Till then, keep listening to UPSC Happy Hour with me, your host Arshna, signing off. Jai Hind.